Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network. Former Arkansas Razorback baseball player Tyler Spoon. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Kylie Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitt. And current Razorback freshman star Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. A Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley. Here are your hosts, Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes. Welcome in to episode 222 of the one and only Hog Talk Podcast, live from the Heinemann Services Studios. I am your host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside Porter Hayes, and wherever you're listening, whether it be on 106.7 The Buzz 2 or your favorite podcast forum, we appreciate you for spending your time with us. If you're on one of the forums, hit that subscribe button if you have not already. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could please be so kind to leave us a five-star rating and written review to help us continue to get our name out there and reach more people. The show is brought to you, as always, by our friends at Bet Online. They are your number one spot for pro and college football action this season, along with the updated website and interface. They have more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online uses you bet online continues to be ah sorry there messed it up your number one source for college football and everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent bonus off your first deposit don't forget to use our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your first bonus there so from football to basketball to boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. They are your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. It's Auburn week. Coach Cabo here in segment two will have a preview of that with Justin Lee of the OA New, of the OA Now. It's out of Auburn, the paper there, the uh, Opelika Auburn News, which I probably butchered that as I do at least butcher one one or two things per show and so just like i butchered the ad read there a second ago but first of all porter we've got to talk about coach eric musselman and this basketball team what they were able to do pulling in another five-star recruit and jordan walsh out of link prep year link academy whatever you want to call it he transferred there recently and it came down to texas and arkansas but arkansas now has they got his services as of 5 p.m central standard time on thursday and the razorbacks now have the second ranked class behind the blue duke blue devils in the class of 2022 what more is there to say that has not been said already i mean if you're under your check you're just watching all this stuff roll in i mean look at all the sports and and i put it out before we started the show it's like does Dave Van Horn, Eric Musman, and and Mike Neighbors have like some kind of inside bet on how many five stars they can get? I mean, it's it's crazy. You look at it, and no disrespect to the football program because it's going to be rolling soon too. But <clears throat> we talked about this, and we can beat this with a dead horse. But you see what happens, how important it is 
for you to have one just one good year. I stated this sometime last year. All it takes is one good year where you have an elite eight run or something like that. You get a program where now they're coming to a Texas game and for football and they're seeing everything that happens. They're not they're seeing that Arkansas is more than just a basketball school, a baseball school, and a football school. They're seeing it's an everything school. And I think that's what's getting some of these kids. You know, you're pulling these five-star kids because, you know, now you've got somebody like Eric Musselman. He's had tenures in every single level. I'm, I'm sure he's coached peewee basketball, you know, all the way up to NBA G League. You know, he's seeing that you got somebody with all this experience who can get someone like Moses Moody into the NBA. They had it success with this. And then you get all these other kids and – it just shows the power of social media. When you get one five-star, they're going to talk to their buddies and they're going to try to get another one to come. So it's 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 a great time, and it's awesome if you're an Arkansas Razorback fan right now because the joy never stops. you got football rolling. Basketball is going to be rolling. Baseball is going to be rolling. All the women's sports with the soccer, the gymnastics, women's basketball, what all they're doing, it's like when is there time to actually be – disappointed in your sport that you choose to watch the texas game was no question a big deal for all recruiting in every sport the elite eight appearance they're hanging with baylor the eventual national champion playing them closer than anybody else in the tournament that was huge but you said it in there and what you were just talking about and what i think was the biggest reason or i think probably you could make a strong argument that it is the biggest reason and that's moses moody because he came in i think there was a few kids in there look they knew that eric musselman had had the experience in the nba they knew that he had a staff that had experience in the nba but you also can't i'm not saying this had anything to do that parents would look at this and scoff at it but he's lost 30 more games in the nba than he's won and so i say that to mention that there's a lot of pl- the coaches that you could say out there, look, this guy's got NBA experience. He knows what it takes to get there. But I think once he got Moses Moody to come, he got this top five class that a couple of those guys, really all, three of, out of those four that we got, we were going to see the benefits of, and we got to see Jalen Williams and Devo Davis at a high level last season. But the biggest thing was Moses Moody coming in and being a lottery pick. We thought that it was going to be – Maybe not necessarily a lottery pick in 2015, but really close to it. And Bobby Portis, he ended up going, I believe, it was 22nd, 23rd. You thought that Daniel Gafford in 2019, I believe it was, was going to be a first-round draft pick. He dropped into the second. And so I think that it was kind of at that point where some of these big-time guys, you knew you were going to get some high three-stars. You knew you were going to get some high four-stars or maybe low four-stars to a high four-star but now that they saw that he could come, that Musselman has come in and his staff can put together an Elite Eight team, and then you can also produce a one and done lottery pick. Porter, under Mike Anderson, and I love Mike Anderson to death, always have, always will. But we knew that we could get to the NCAA tournament under him. Maybe get there every single year. You hope to have some years where you would get out of the first weekend, advance to a Sweet 16, to an Elite Eight. But now under Eric Musselman, he has sold me that we're not only going to be a consistent at least maybe past the first weekend in the NCAA tournament as long as he's on campus. I think we're going to be contending for national titles as long as he is our head coach. And that last word you said, contending. They went from being content with Mike Anderson getting you to the NCAA tournament to contending now with Eric Musselman. 
And another thing I wanted to point out was, you know, so much emphasis was put on Moses Moody and him being the lottery pick. You know, Eric Musselman didn't just bring Moses in, hey, let him touch the ball 30, 40 times, average 28, 30 points a game, and then move him on to the NBA and let some other guys come in. He's proven that you're still a role player. Everybody has a role. So you can get multiple three, five-star guys who can all come to Arkansas and say, like, we can all go to Arkansas and get points and get buckets and not have to worry about it being a one-man show and somebody, you know, getting the ball more than the others. He wants to move it around. You know, everybody gets touches. Everybody has a role. Another thing is, too, you look at the attention to detail Eric Musselman puts into each player on the opposing team. We've seen those boards that they put up on the side of the practice wall. If you don't think he's putting that much emphasis on how they game plan for other teams, how much you think he's doing that to make them better? I just think the perfect storm's brewing, and now we're seeing the success of his madness, and it's just drawing. And, and his social media presence, if you don't think that doesn't play into getting kids to look at Arkansas now and with all these people coming up to the amp and doing concert, Eric Musselman's right there with a the Razorback jersey, you know, having them show it up and put it on Instagram. If you don't think kids are seeing what he is doing, you're 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 a fool because he he is a great coach. He's a great, but he's a great marketer too. And I think that what he's doing on his own social media, I mean, it it's amazing because just the passion. You think that he's coming in to be this is going to be a doorstep for a, a bigger and better program. I think he's making a stamp for himself here at Arkansas that he wants to make his, you know, status known that he wants to be one of the best coaches ever to come to Arkansas. Speaking of being the best, always choose the best when you are picking your insurance agent. That's our friends at A-plus Insurance in Ozark. They have you covered for your home, auto, life, and recreational policies. Check them out on Facebook at A-plus Insurance Center. Visit their office at 312 West Commercial Street, or you can contact Marcus Berry or Melinda Gregory at 479-667-3626. That's 479-667-3626. A-plus Insurance Center in Ozark, Arkansas. And, Porter, that was another thing that I was going to mention, too. We're, we're already at the second we're the second class right now, right behind Duke, as I mentioned. So first in the SEC, you've got Nick Smith, you've got Jordan Walsh, you've got Darian Ford, Barry Dunning Jr., Joseph Pinion, all top 100 players. Now, Eric Musselman has not gotten less than a top 150 player since he has been on campus, but you're possibly still not done. Now, there's going to start being some talks of what kind of movements you're going to have to make because if, if you get Anthony Black out of Duncanville, Texas, now I know that he was ruled ineligible uh, per the UIL standards there in Texas, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to come to Arkansas and play basketball or anything like that, but there is a strong chance that you get him too now. So, you know, we don't want to start getting into this talk yet because we want to still focus on the guys that we have here. But I bring that up to say that we're still not done particular or possibly with this class. And so I, I do think that maybe if that is to happen, if you bring a guy like that in now, I probably the second best class is the best that you're going to get there. But 
it's still crazy to think about that you are flirting with the top class in the entire country when technically you probably haven't done that. You definitely haven't been close to doing that in the age where you have stars, but in, in the age where in terms of like putting a recruiting class together, you got to go back all the way to the early nineties with the Todd days and, and the big O's Lee Mayberry. Lee Mayberry's. Yeah. That, that class probably would have been top three in the entire country. I think it actually was by the rankings they did back then i that was when i was a little kid i mean like a really really little kid but it is just insane we talked about the progress that sam Pittman has made with the football team with what eric musselman has done and i know that eric musselman didn't take over a program in shambles or anything like that but just absolutely phenomenal to take them as you mentioned a team that was really kind of content in a lot of ways to legit contenders and it's easier to you know uh Let's, you know, apples to oranges on the recruiting because, you know, it is it is easier for basketball because all it does is take one guy, one good run, and get you into, you know, the recruiting status that you're in. But look what he's done with that. And right, exactly. You look at football, you know, it's, it's just one of the things that what he's done, you know, this class, this 2022 class with, with the buzz – you, you, you're up there with the triplets. You're up there with De- Todd Day, Lee Mayberry, Big O, you know, and, and Freak Corliss and Scotty Thurman, you know, all those guys. You're up there at the top tier. Like, this is one of the highest recruiting classes to ever come. And how refreshing is it, Kyle, to say that, hey, we're up there with Duke again when it comes to recruiting. It's been 20 20- five years you know it, it's it's since they've been you know respected in, in a top-notch program they got up to number eight look at the baseball program they're up there women's basketball is getting up there where they're going to be a constant top 25 top 15 team now you have the basketball team where they're going to be it's not going to be make it to the um tournament and bust it's going to be like six you know sweet 16 or bust it, it, that's where they're going to be if with the expectations that they keep getting these five-star kids. Yeah, I, I was messing with some of my Texas buddies in our group text because there, there's a few of them that are A&M fans, but there, at least two of them are big-time UT fans. And since Walsh came down to Arkansas and Texas, I was kind of giving them a little grief. And one of them came at me with, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the recruiting class rankings are just kind of irrelevant a lot of times. And to be honest, that you can find a lot of truth in that. That does happen a lot where look at Texas, how, how they started off, at least. I know UT is in football. They started off not so great. They've they brought a new quarterback in, and they've really picked it up. But there has been plenty of recruiting classes that just haven't really panned out. But I don't think that you're going to see that. I'm not saying that you won't have like a player or two. But overall as a class, just look at the first one that must put together in the 2020 a top five that more than exceeded expectations i think you had a one and done you had a devo davis that was probably the best defensive player or at least up there as the best defensive player in the sec once the season was done jalen williams really picked it up they were always on the plus side when he was on the floor now kk robinson of course broke his foot early there in the conference season or right around the time the conference began but nonetheless, I don't think that we're going to have that problem. That that goes back to me saying that 
I think that we're going to be strong contenders for a national championship under Musselman as long as he's here. And so, so much to look forward to. We continuously harp on that. Like It seems like it's a broken record on the things that we just continue to say about how great all of these sports programs have done. But we're also going to continuously say, as long as we have the opportunity to do that, then we're going to. Because 2021 was really the first year since all of us have been podcasting that we've been able to celebrate anything other than really baseball for the most part. So it's uh, it's great to see. But we're up against a break here in just a second. Once we get done here, Coach Cabo will talk with Justin Lee previewing the Auburn game. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcast and the Buzz Radio Network. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Welcome back to episode 223 of the Hog Talk Podcast. I'm Kevin Bohannon, and I am joined on our Workman's Travel Center hotline by the sports editor of the Opelika Auburn News, Justin Lee. Welcome, Justin. There you go, Kevin. How's it going, man? Man, ready for this game on Saturday. I know it's a big game uh, for both programs. Uh, Moving forward, Auburn, of course, comes in. Uh, one and one in the conference. Arkansas has lost two straight to Georgia and Ole Miss. Defense sure. has been gashed in both games. So I want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, we'll get right into it uh, about what we can expect from this Auburn team. I know uh, you and I kind of talked, went back and forth earlier on some things that I wanted to and our fan base wanted to hear about. Sure. Uh, first of all, uh, how is this Auburn team different from the, the Gus Malzahn era? Well, that's a good question. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the early hallmark of, of Gus was the hurry up, no huddle. But, of course, he kind of went, went off of that for a little while um, or toward the end there. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of funny you mentioned it. You know, at least the thing about Gus is at least he to run the ball. Uh, one, of the things that Auburn, <laughs> one of the things that Auburn's really struggled with, man, is, uh, is they've really relied on uh, Bo Nix. That's something that that you know Bobo has been been pushing as offensive coordinator, and um, the last you know the last couple of games, obviously they went into the Georgia game knowing they weren't going to be able to run the ball, so they just decided to throw it. Uh, but even against LSU, they they really could not establish the run, and uh, it's really been uh, it, you know we, you mentioned like how is this team different from Gus? It's kind of crazy because this is still a team trying to figure out its identity. I feel like. Yeah. Um, they're just going like they're just going with what works uh, as, at the moment, and you know they went down to LSU and and, and Bo Nix bailed them out. Bo Nix had one of his best performances. They just he decided to go crazy and just do both stuff, which you know both <laughs> stuff sometimes ends well and both stuff sometimes ends uh, ends badly. Um, and and that night it went well, uh, and then they went into Georgia just trying to throw the ball around. So I, I, it's hard to say, but really. 
I think it's just, you know, Brian Harson's team doesn't really have that identity yet. And I think that's, you know, probably one of their biggest problems now, halfway through the and, season. And, you know, the, the biggest thing with Auburn is you're always going to have those athletes in the top 10, top 15 recruiting classes are, are the norm down there now. Sure. You, you got two running backs. Um, Jarquez mm-hmm. is averaging 9.9 yards a carry, which is tops yeah. in the nation. Yep. And a tandem with Tank Bigsby, who is the top running back coming back from last year. Right. Why aren't they running the ball with those two guys? I don't know, man. You tell me. Uh, <laughs> last, last week, Tank Bigsby got one red zone carry, and it was Auburn's one and only touchdown against Georgia. Uh, didn't make a lot of sense to me. They had a first and goal at the seven. They threw four straight bow incompletions. Um, you know, and, and, and I understand that their offensive line is struggling, and, you know, it is. And, you know, I mean, that was – we can go back – look, we can go back to – you talk about Gus again. Um, you know, the, the theory, one of, one of maybe my prevailing kind of ideas that I go back to is Auburn's offensive line. It never brought in uh, the big high-star recruits. He went to JUCO a lot to kind of fill out his line. He, he brought in transfers. Um, yeah. And I feel like that that is – you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, Brian Harson's taking over a team. The cover was bare. Cover's not bare. Uh, no. What was left were struggles on the offensive line that hold over from Gus. Um, I think Gus went after, spent a lot of his time uh, in recruiting, going after the sizzle guys instead of the state guys. I think he went yep. after speed, skill position, wide receivers because he knew that that's how you could beat Alabama and that's how you could beat Georgia. Uh, and, the, the you know, the ultimate – you know, the over the, the closing, I don't know, closing argument on Gus's career or, you know, head coaching stint at Auburn was that Auburn went up and down, uh, probably because it was a lot of sizzle and, and not as much of the, the consistent stake, right? So, uh, so yeah, in that way, sure, I can see how uh, Brian, Brian Harson was left with not a lot to work with because the, the offensive line is, is not playing well. And they don't have a lot to really. There's not a lot they can do to 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 move around, um, you know. So we'll see. We'll see if they can. But you know. But that's kind of the interesting thing about this matchup is that obviously Arkansas. I'm sure you guys have been talking about all year about you know the three two six and uh, you know that defense. It's trades trade size for speed. You know on purpose. And uh, I, I would think that Auburn will go up there thinking that. Maybe it can establish the run, and maybe it can uh, get back to get back to the ground game the way it needs to be doing, just because of Arkansas's you know tactical decision to to play a little bit smaller on defense. Yeah, if you just join us, talking with Justin Lee, previewing the Auburn game, and I, I guess the the big question is which Bo Nix is going to show up. And I know you probably can't answer that question, but you talk about a roller coaster ride and being <laughs> up and down. That's been his career so far. Sure. Nobody knows, man. We're just going <laughs> to see. It's like magic. No, uh, you know, one of the big knocks on Bo was that he couldn't – they said he couldn't win on the road, and they just, you know, ignored a win over Texas A&M and Kyle Field a couple years ago, uh, which, you know, we just saw Alabama go there, go there and lose. Uh, and now, he, you know, that that's myth has finally been busted because he went down to Death Valley night game and, and, and won there and had one of his best performances. So – it's entirely possible Bo could go up there and, and uh, have a really good game. Um, the, the, you know, that, that road game knocked, you know, that's that monkey's off his back. Um, that's not really 
the story for him coming into this week. So uh, it's just about consistency. I personally, I think Bo's a great college football player. I think he has the potential to be a great college football player. He's not always a great college football player. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's been baffling and obviously, you know, here to hear people talking about TJ Finley, TJ Finley saved them in the North <laughs> State game. Uh, I don't expect, I think Bo's the starter for the rest of the year. And I think he'll take the majority of the snaps for the rest of the year. Uh, but it's been kind of bizarre to hear, you know, to hear Auburn fans. Obviously, you always want the shiny new toy and the grass is always greener. But uh, right. but Bo's the quarterback and he has the highest ceiling for sure. Uh, he has the best potential out of all of them, out of him and TJ, just because he has more experience um, and he's seen more stuff. And uh, but I think I do think Bo is um, I think he gets a bad rap. I think he's a better quarterback than a lot of people would, uh, you know, than, than his reputation. Um, and, 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 you know, he's not going to, you know, at this point, and, and this was kind of my takeaway from the LSU game, at this point in his career, you're not going to change him. It's over. Get over yeah. it. He's not going to be a pocket passer. He's not going to be in a, you know, you, you're not going to create, uh, trade his creativity, is what I'm trying to say, trade his creativity for efficiency. It's not going to happen. Just roll yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, Let he, he's scramble. Let he's, got a, he's got a little Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers in him. I, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little gunslinger in him. So yeah, I mean, and at this point, let him let him do his his crazy high school stuff and just roll with it because it's the best. <laughs> and honestly, you go down to LSU, you can't run the ball at all. It was no. the best offense Auburn had at the time. Yeah, it was the best offense Auburn had, which is you know sad to say, but that's what it was. I, I'm not sure what Kentucky did to LSU, but. They're sure. dropping like flies down there right now in Baton Rouge, man. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Stingley's out for the year. The other cornerback's out for the year. And just uh, recently, the defensive end um, announced he's out for the year. So the, uh, the outlook for Auburn, I'll just say real quick, the outlook for Auburn has been so up and down. And, and coming into this Arkansas game, I really think they're kind of, they have their bye week next. Uh, they play Ole Miss right after that. And yeah. uh, I, they really feel like a team in the second quarter reeling then really needs to get to the locker room and get to the bye week. And I think that's – if they can get a win at Arkansas, it would be big for them to regroup, reassess what they got, and go into that bye week because they really need to do that right now. Uh, I mean, you, you look at – so so when Auburn went down two weeks ago, they go down and, and beat LSU. All of a sudden, the outlook of their season changes. They just beat yeah. LSU – uh, Arkansas had just, you know, fell to earth a little bit against Georgia and Texas A&M had just lost for the second time. So, you know, everything was looking up for Auburn. This all of a sudden you flip things around. Auburn loses to Georgia. Arkansas has an offense against Ole Miss. Suddenly you go from zero points to 51. What? And yeah. <laughs> right. And then and Texas A&M has beaten Alabama. So they're back. They're breathing again. They're alive again. So Shades. Al- yeah. <laughs> the outlook has just been up and down for Auburn, very volatile. So they just really, you know, I think coming into this Arkansas game, they're just, they really just need to go steal a win and get into the bye week to try to reassess because it's been so up and down for them all year. Yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of getting into the shades of 2007 a little bit. Sure. Uh, yeah. Of course, we, we talked about it on this, on this uh, podcast and show a couple weeks ago with Josh Pate uh, of Late, late Kick that anything could happen. Of course, you know, you have Cincinnati that's firmly, I think firmly in a driver's seat for the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. And 
of course, now Alabama, like you just said, falls back, you know, n- not on the mantle anymore. Mm-hmm. Does the SEC team get two teams in? Because Georgia and Alabama seem to be heading down a, a road to the SEC championship. But I, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about this. If, if I don't know if you saw it, but I think fifth quarter or fifth Q came out with their predictions for the SEC West. Oh, God. Uh, I think Cotter yeah. Williams uh, wrote this, that Auburn finishes 10-2, 7-1. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> an Auburn fan retweeted it onto my timeline and quoted yeah. it that uh, we're going to lose out. So, <laughs> so <that was laughs> Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, uh, that's a bold prediction, brother. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we ask every every week we have somebody from the opposing team media come on and uh, make a prediction on the game. Sure. It's up to you to give a score. Uh, so sure. what are your thoughts? Dust settles about 2 o'clock, 2.30 on Saturday. Who mm-hmm. wins and by how much? You know, I'm kind of torn because I came into the week and I have, you know, honestly, I don't think about picks. And pre- I used to watch opposing teams and write previews, but that's just not my job anymore as an editor. Yeah. And I haven't thought about it as much. But I, for our little picks and predictions – I picked Arkansas to win 31-23. I think they win and cover. Uh, But but I could be swayed because uh, it's – how crazy is it that they score zero points one week and 51 the next, you know? Um, I feel like Arkansas's offense is just hot. I think they'll go back home and and, and play – they could play well. But I could also see Auburn, you know – be it being one of those games where, hey, if if Auburn can run the ball, they can win the game, right? And it could be one of those years where Auburn, you know, be, you know, beats teams they're supposed to beat, loses teams they're supposed to lose to, because, um, you know, the matchup. I was kind of talking to another very smart Auburn uh, writer named Justin Ferguson, who who runs the Auburn Observer newsletter. He was just talking about how the matchup fits Auburn pretty well because this is an Arkansas team that struggles to stop the run. You know, and then the, conversely, you know, the defense matches up well with with our, against Arkansas's offense. So I absolutely can see Auburn going up there and winning. Uh, I would be impressed if they did. So I'll go ahead and pick Arkansas. I think uh, you know that'll be my pick. Uh, but I, I I could be impressed by Auburn, and I could I could see them winning. Yeah, and, and I had picked Arkansas 31-24. And for any oh, of our yeah. listeners, yeah, or fans. Uh, they know that I, I, I'm never a homer in our picks. I had Texas mm-hmm. pick to beat us. I had Texas A&M pick to beat us. Of course, Georgia was, was obvious. Uh, I'll right. tell you what, I, I'm, I'm the worst at picking Auburn because I picked Auburn to beat Penn State, and I picked them to lose LSU. So I'm the worst out of everybody this year. <laughs> uh, well, hey, I greatly appreciate you coming on and uh, taking some time out of your schedule. I know you got a big week planned uh, with, with football down there in Alabama this week. So, uh, greatly appreciate you coming on, man. Yes, sir. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it, man. Hey, and for Justin Lee, this is Kevin Bohannon. want to remind you to go to your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a written review so we can keep pumping out great content. And for Kyle Sutherland, Porter Hayes, I'm Kevin Bohannon. We'll see you next time. Woo pig.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.